tips above the water You watch me drown You could have saved me But you let me down yeah. Okay, Nan, I appreciate it. Thank you for being here. I'm, I'm, I've never been here. I have <laughs> never been to this part of town. So I'm like, this is cool. The, the whole studio thing here, I'm really digging Thank it. you. Thank, welcome to Coriopolis for the first time. Thank well, not the you. first time. It can't be the first time. I have never been to this part <laughs> of town. We're like downtown. Main Street. Yeah, we're downtown. And yeah. I get that a lot. I get yeah. that a lot from the, from the guests that come in. And I travel. I tell people all this. I broadcast. I go north, south, east, and west. And top of the year, and I'm in a new location in Pittsburgh. I just love it. Well, first off, uh, it means a lot to me that you're here. It Thank really does. Um, as I, we have a lot of mutual friends. I'm finding out too. I have some new friends that have been your long-term friends. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. So you obviously, um, I, I guess they gave you a pretty good review of the show before you came on that it was safe. Oh, I background <laughs> check everything, you know. That it was safe. When huh? I get, you know, especially people, I get emails and messages, of and I don't do instant messenger. Yeah, I, I just don't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a hold. It took a while though. Yeah. I mean, I did, but I was I was persistent. I have to say, you were. I was persistent. You yeah, are. but uh, again. Um, I remember we, we chatted off air a little bit. I remember listening to you on the radio uh, a while ago. <laughs> okay, how long ago? Maybe, well, 2000, 2005-ish, 6 ish maybe. That's, that's a long time no, that's ago. that's not that long ago. And I, was, uh, and, and I was listening to you because at that time I had gone through my first divorce, and I wasn't having any of the problems that you were sharing w- with, with your work. And I would think, boy, I really got fortunate, you know, really lucky, 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 lucky. And then fast forward a little later during the second divorce, <laughs> all that and more. <laughs> it was like Nana was on your shoulder or something? Yeah, maybe. Where's Nana? <laughs> could be, could be. But, um, you know, we're obviously going to talk uh, talk divorce here. You are the divorce reality expert. Yeah. And that's divorcerealityexpert.com, by the way. Um. But you're also multifaceted and you have other ventures. So let's talk a little bit about that first, if we can. Yeah, so it's funny when I think about how, what, what, where would I start? Um, my radio thing kind of just morphed. Um, as for, I tell the story all the time, I really started out, um, I was in the dental field for my entire career. Okay. Um, I worked for a dental group for 14 years. Um, got so remarried. the pain thing, you were already there, right? I mean, the pain, yeah. divorce, pain, nah. dentistry, pain. Yeah. <laughs> but they were great dentists. There I'm was kidding. no pain there, you know? And I actually did a lot of the marketing for them okay. at that time. Okay. But I had just gotten remarried. Okay. Over there. Fine okay. gentleman. Yes, to my to my male. And uh, I, the, I had, my divorce was so devastating that I was working two jobs. I was working for the dental group during the day and I was freelancing at night because oh, I hate to say this, but I was helping dentists and on the side because they had collection problems and marketing problems and all these things going on. And I sure. had to, I, I had a partner in it and she would send me out and go, go fix these problems in the office. You'll figure it out. And I loved her Terry Gatto for years. We, we kind of did our thing and, um, I get remarried and I'm like, oh, I can finally stop working two jobs and all these, life's going to be good. And I marry Mel and he says, 
we're moving over to, you know, Fox Chapel area and everything's going to be good. You don't have to work so much. I don't think I was there. We were at the new house for a month and my old partner, Terry, calls me and she says, I know you don't want to hear this, <laughs> but can you just do me a favor? And I'm like, okay. She's like, you got to go on an interview tomorrow. And I'm like, oh no, 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 we're done. I'm not working like in the, de- no, none of that. She's like, but this is for a plastic surgeon. I'm like, no, what do I know about the medical field now? And one thing led to another and she said, just show up. Don't take the job. In fact, interview bad, but I promised him I'd have somebody there. And I walked into this um, plastic surgeon's office and I met him and I fell in love with him. I mean, literally, like I felt so bad for him and what he needed and I said, you know what? I will help you. He was moving from the North Shore up to Cranberry. Okay. I had no idea what it would, people were going to drive a four-lane highway to go see a plastic surgeon. And I said, you know what? I'll start your office up there. It was brick and mortar. UPMC um, at that time was just building the new facility up in Cranberry. And I said, okay, we'll decorate. I'll hire your staff. It's kind of like the dental field. Everything will be the same except we're not doing teeth. And ironically, he was a dentist. I went to school for dental, um, okay. a dentist first, and then he went into plastic surgery. But I said, that's no problem. I can do this. Well, soon I found out once I started working with him, I just adored him. Okay. And he's like, you want to go to the OR with me? Me? Yeah, sure. What do I do? <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, as this is morphing into this and I'm starting this new job and I'm loving it, well, my whole life of friends were getting divorced. And remember, and I got divorced. Mm-hmm. I was the only one. They were all pointing their fingers. There she is, you know. Yeah, and, funny how that works, right? Yeah, and all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm working for, you know, doctor. His name was Bernie Cohen. And uh, we're putting the pieces together for him, and I'm working for him by day. It wasn't going too good. Situating people from the North Shore to up there was not going as great. But then I'd come home, and I'd have to deal with all my friends going through divorce. So it was kind of a, a twofold Okay. Thing going on there. Okay. And Mel kept saying to me, Oh, why don't you go back to school and become a therapist? And I said, And what hour of the day did you want me to do that? You know? <laughs> and I, I kind of laughed because I realized at that point my friends didn't really understand what divorce meant. Uh-huh. They didn't really, they knew I was the divorced one, but I had to handle it all on my own. Right. Right. And uh, so I'm dealing with day and I'm dealing with night and friends getting divorced and Cohen's practices tanking out. And boy, I learned real quickly that. Uh, people sell a lot of advertising. <laughs> I'd be at the office and one thing would lead to another. This one setting an appointment, that one, this one. I'm buying all this time. Fox was doing news TV at that time. Right. And they're trying to sell me commercials. And all these stations are showing up with radio spots. And I'll take this and I'll take that because there was nobody coming in. They were going to take that drive up there. Got it. And uh, I remember sitting down with 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 Dr. Cohen and he says to me, you know, money's running out. What are we going to do? And I'm like, I can't fail him on this. What do I do? And I remember, you know, he'd given me the mark. We're really winding down. I'm like, oh, all those ads are going to work and the the TV and the news and we're going to get on this. We're going to get on that. And I'm working this and working that and still had all those friends going through divorce by night. (laughs) And uh, it was the strangest thing. I, I came to the office one day and he's like, we don't have any more money. And I'm like, Okay, what are we going to do? We got to pay the bills and what are we going to do this and do that? And we were literally on the on the verge of bankruptcy with okay. that practice. Okay. Um, he got in and the clients the patients just weren't coming up. Huh. And I remember I I called the next day I brought every advertising 
media that stream we were on at that time. I mean, radio stations were lined up. I brought them all into our conference room. And I said, you all let me down. And we can't pay you. So what are we going to do? You were going to do this and you were doing that. And I pointed them out and I had Dr. Cohen came in for part of it. And I'm like, all you wanted was our money. Mm-hmm. And there was no rhyme or reason how they were buying it, where they were putting us. But it all sounded good to us. And nobody was coming in. And I realized this just wasn't going right. It fired out all of them. I, every one of them out the door, goodbye. I can't stand you all. I never want to see you again in my life. How could you do this to this practice? <laughs> okay. And um, I had an epiphany wow. the next day. And I'm going to give her her name. I, I called her. She was the KQV. And she sat in that meeting. And she was really the only one that really talked to me and said to me, well, you can move this commercial into this time slot. And you can try this. And you can try that. And it was um, Jen from KQV. She she really said, she took the time. And I went home. I know I Melvin had taken the, the brunt of it. And I said, we're out of money. I don't know what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pay these bills. And, you know, it shouldn't be happening. And um, Epiphany hit me. I said to Jen, I called her. I said, will you give me a chance? I said, I have no money. You know where, where we're sitting right now. I said, just give me some air time. I said, I have an idea. And it was actually at that point bringing a plastic surgeon on the radio for a show to talk to the public because it wasn't done. I researched it. I'm like, where do you get a chance to just maybe in the privacy of your own home, maybe have thoughts of something you wanted to do or, you know, explore something more for yourself, but you didn't want to walk in and expose yourself to it. Right. So it was like, ask the doctor would be asked the, the, the plastic surgeon. Okay. And she goes, I like it. Um, let me go. Let me go make some calls. And I said, It's going to work. I know it's going to work. And I believed in it that much that it worked. She got she got me on for nothing. And I told her I I pay it back personally. Mm-hmm. But we would do this. And lo and behold, we took it from literally bankruptcy knocking at the door wow. to a multi million dollar practice. Wow. And unfortunately, uh, it was short-lived um, years, a couple years, Bernie got his reoccurrence of cancer. Oh, my. And um, the practice was going to be sold. And I didn't really realize as I was working for him that I became an, a piece of that. Okay. So the new doctor thought he owned me, and he liked it because, of course, we were, I was bringing it in. Well, I mean, sure. I was writing all the commercials at that sure, point. Sure, sure. I had such the reality-based commercials. They were written up in the Post Gazette, and you know, it was just. I think I remember them. Yeah, they were. They were amazing. Them. It was yeah. all reality-based, and and here I get this new young doctor, and he's like, "Well, you know, I own this now." So I didn't think anything of it, and I remember going to the radio station to do the show, and he's like, "Why own you?" and this and that, and started with me, and he kind of kept me off air. I couldn't do radio okay. for a period of time. Okay with a plastic surgeon. I left the practice when Dr. Cohen left because he had fallen ill and it was time to go. But my whole other life of all those people getting divorced, right? they were churning up more and more. <laughs> it was like one turned into two, turned into three, turned into four, and they're all calling so me. So your circle wanted... in your life is- Yeah, is just... I mean, he was, it was hours. And he, you actually, I think he got frustrated with it at some points because he didn't realize how much time I was dedicating well, sure. to the divorce. Sure. And, uh, Again, go get your you know your license and go back to school and <laughs> da 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 da. And I w- I went to bed frustrated because I couldn't do what I really found my niche to be okay. with the plastic surgery show. 
went to bed and I woke up in the morning and said, hey, I may not be able to talk plastic surgery, but I can sure talk divorce. <laughs> and I just circled back to my connections and I said, will you join me on this? I was empowered. I mean, scared. Sure. I didn't ever realize that the plastic surgery show as I was building it with Jen, mm -hmm. it was really going to be me sitting there with the mic. <laughs> I always thought it was going to be that know. board op, somebody uh -huh. else in there. Uh -huh. you know, I didn't know. And uh, yeah, it was all on me. I'm like, I had the confidence built at that point. Right. And so, bam, I can talk divorce. And that's where it all started <laughs> at KQV. Okay. Okay. And that was, I'm guessing, that cause that show was around 2004. Is yeah. that right? Is my number right? Yeah. We've been doing this for, it'll be 20 years now. Almost 20, 20 years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a long time. Yeah, we're married <laughs> 20, 22 years. He's like, usually gives me the, give, give me the, he, he's my timeline, but yeah. That's is his okay. mic on? I can put his mic on. Am I right on my time there? Sure. One of the things that made Plastic Surgery Show work on the radio was you think of it as being a visual medium. Mm -hmm. I mean, a facelift, a tummy tuck, a breast sure. orientation. Sure, sure, sure. But what came out of it was the doctor's bedside manner. Got it. On the air. Got yeah. it. He certainly had the skill, there's sure. no doubt about that, sure. but now you're seeing his bedside manner come out on the radio, which Dan brought out, right? and and that's why it worked very well Okay, for him. But it worked well. I guess that's where we say it was really reality TV. I, maybe I had that before everybody else. They, they, heard, they heard that, mm -hmm. and they could, could put that into the, the visual became their reality. I got to see Dr. Cohen because he told me. He was listening to me. He mm -hmm. told me to look at the option of this. Mm -hmm. So again, yeah, maybe you're right on that. As, as time- Could be. As time- I, I, I can get that. As time- I get his mic on here for us. There we go. Good. Oh. As, as time went on, I think, yeah, you're right. We turned that, we did turn that around. It's a very visual thing, yet talk worked yeah. for it. Yeah. You couldn't see anything on the radio. But I did have somebody in there. I, ha I remember we had a, a mom with her daughter who breast augmentation, you would think as a teenager, was, was you know, oh my God, what mother <laughs> would do that? And, and in reality was, it was very, it's very normal sure. to have, yeah. you know, yeah, a, yeah. a late teenager with two different size breasts. Right. And right. it was not a problem right but we took a beating for you know probably yeah but we're sitting in the studio and people weren't understanding well, we're just going to do this show on breast augmentation and teenager yeah but as you got educated you understood why we were doing it absolutely and then all of a sudden you realize oh, well, my daughter had that problem and i had that problem and uh -huh. so yeah that good point there mel there you go, Mel. That's why, that's why I keep him. <laughs> Thank you. That's why I keep him on this. Well, your mic is live, my friend, so okay. you feel free to you chime in anytime you want. You can just chime in there. <laughs> Give me those timelines again. Perfect. Nan will do most of the talking. Yeah. Well, what was the things that you remember from your divorce that started? Because you, you're obviously passionate about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think it's the... it's First of all, in all these years, there's one thing I learned. There's no two divorces that's the same. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I do... I give lectures on. I could take... Two twins, two sets of twins marrying two se each other, you know, opposites, right? Right. Living on the same house, driving the same cars, two children going to the same school. And, and yet I can take you to the end of why their divorce wouldn't be the same. Okay. okay? So in learning that, you kind of, you feel like everybody's an independent. 
it's your own story to tell. It's your own. Nobody knows what goes on behind those closed right, doors. Right. And knowledge is powerful. I mean, fear drove, mm-hmm. as, as I've worked with uh, John Duffy mm-hmm. uh, on multitude of shows, fear drives people, the want, wanting to win in a divorce. You don't, nobody wins. Mm-hmm. They think you, you do, because I hear this all the time. I'll be out somewhere and say, oh, yeah, I had that shark attorney, and I, I got all these things. And I'll be like, okay, you got all that. Tell me what you didn't get. That's what they want to pull their coat up and, you know, oh, I got, I got, I won. You didn't win. Mm-mm. And they lose so much um, focus on what's important, the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, not taking the car away from mom or dad, but the kid has to get to school. You know, in those days, that's what we're fighting over. Um Call people to weaponize their kids. Uh, yeah, and make them the messengers. And you know, I was fortunate in the beginning. Um, I have to thank Judge Larry Kaplan at the time. He mm-hmm. was my all-time hero. I mean, I he believed in everything that I was doing and working for. Um, Larry sat on shows with me. Uh, Sam Rich, Effie Alexander. I mean, they these these people. They they believed in. Um, Effie was my attorney at the time, and okay. I first, you know, he turned to who you know, mm-hmm. and I remember going to her, I want to start a radio show, and, you know, Sam Rich, she was working with Sam, Sam's like, yeah, it was the same thing as the plastic surgery show, Sam, nobody's doing this, we can do this, and um, it, it, I learned it wasn't about a fight, you mm-hmm. know, I, the people think that that's, they want to win, they don't really realize, if you win, you're losing, mm-hmm. you know, and I've been in cases, involved in cases where, Attorneys of, I remember one specifically, a, sp- a husband gave the, the wife everything, every piece of iota in their marriage, their whole marital state, just take it. I want to walk out of this court and be done. See, it wasn't about that because now you have everything and you're still coming at us for stuff. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the, the estate value anymore because you have all that. You've got every dollar that was in there. So monetarily wise, it didn't work. But yeah, and it was, I, I'm watching my friends go through this, and they were all suffering from, oh, my husband cheated, I cheated, you know, oh, wow, it's the bit, I'm like, nobody cares here in PA. We yeah. don't care. Yeah. So what? He's not, they're not going to go to right. cheater's jail. Right. You right. know, it doesn't no matter. Right? You know, oh, I got all the skivvy, you know, or you get the calls where I got to get the PI involved because they got to know every gritty detail. You laugh. It's like. I get it. I'd rather work with you why you need to know and how you can move forward on it than what you're actually going to, because making me watch a tape or something is going to make you sick. Isn't that really a misconception in Pennsylvania? People still think that there's punitive like consequences in divorce based upon infidelity and other actions, Well, non-criminal actions. Yeah, well, but I, I look at it, you know, as I've learned over these years, if you're in a marriage and somebody cheats... Mm-hmm. You're just a, you're a part of it. You knew you knew it was going to come or it had happened. Mm-hmm. And there's just as much reason as to why it happened that you were involved in or weren't involved in. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, what's the number one question I'm always asked? Number one question you're always asked. Yeah, so let's, let's mm-hmm. put you on the spot. Okay, a uh, number one question you're always asked about about your work. Right. No, let's just say about marriage. Why Divorce. do people cheat? Well, that, that's the second one. Okay, well, that's we'll the close. second one. That's the second <laughs> one. But they always want to know why did my marriage fail. Oh, you personally? Okay. Well, okay. It, no, not me personally. It's a question oh, I'm asked. Ask, uh, of, I'm sorry. Of, of, of yeah. they're asking about their own circumstance. Okay. Yeah. Why? Why do marriages fail? Got it. Got it. And my and I give the standard answer all the time. Ninety nine point nine nine nine. I'll throw a couple extra nines in there. It comes to communication. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, 
so it doesn't matter that he cheated or she cheated. If you guys were communicating, right. it wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Not saying you weren't part of it. You broke that communication piece down. One of you or both of you did. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I, I laugh when I think to myself, could, could we have really stopped that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. When you get real and raw with people and you understand what they want to do or what they want to achieve. And listen, nobody writes a book on marriage, do they? <laughs> this is going wrong, so let me go pull out my big book and look at chapter nine, you know, and it, it's going to be there. Manual. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. There's been a lot of books written over the years. Um, you wrote a book in 2012. I did. Yeah. And yours is also a journal as well, too. Is that right? Adamant about that. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Why? Because especially I, I, I felt that in divorce... When you take the time to write it, I know you've t- you've taken the time to think about it, mm-hmm. processing, and I think it's very therapeutic to write it. And the book kind of morphed into I we my husband could tell you it was just so much of a an issue. You know, my story's out there. Anybody want to sit down and talk about my story? I'll tell you my story. Mm-hmm. It, it's not your story. Mm-hmm. It's my story. So you, you want to live through that? I'll tell it to you. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to make a difference in the divorce world, and I wanted to ask those questions. I wanted to get I wanted to get people to think. Here's the questions. I'm in that book. I'm all over the place right. in the book. I'm asking you to now answer the questions because I want you to move on. I want you to learn, and I I learned through that book. Um, the journal is the best part of it was when you have clients that would come back and say to you, "Can I get another book?" Because I want to see where I've gone. I want the exact same format. Right. And the second or third time you ask yourself that question, the growth and development over the years, it's incredible. I wrote that then? Yeah, well, look where you are now. Mm-hmm. And seeing it in your own handwriting, sorry, I'm just not about the computer plunking it down. Seeing it in your own handwriting really is impactful. You're speaking to somebody who journals daily and have done it for decades of my life. And um, they're, <laughs> they're not available to the public and right. they're scrolled it's away. Right. But I have I found a therapeutic. I also found incredible growth in my own personal philosophy at, in times, looking back at how I felt even sometimes just weekly, how I felt one week about something. And then immediately the next week, because of people and circumstances, you change. And I think... It was so important for me to see in my life the differences. So I can imagine, you know, and I wrote during my divorces. Oh, sure. sure. And and, and probably a lot. I don't go back and read them often, but they're there. You don't know how you hit a home run with that. But but I think my my overall point is, Nan, I believe that physical handwriting and slowing down your thinking, because a lot of us can type pretty fast, right? But if you slow down your thinking and write out, it's been... Wonderful for me, but I would think it would it would help so many people, especially in a circumstance such, such as divorce, because you're basically laying all your emotions out at that moment, right? And all that anger, and that well, anger might not be there in three days. The same type of anger, right? Yeah, but it's also, it's not always about the anger or the negative side. It's the positive side, because you'll say, you know, I was so happy this day, and you want to go back and you figure out why you were happy. Okay. Or looking for those pieces that you got to hold on to, because divorce isn't easy. Mm-hmm. You know, in the perfect world, you know, everybody would sit down and just work it all out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
again, we're asking people that are facing divorce, they couldn't work it out in a marriage, and we expect them to work it out in a divorce. Right, right. And so right. you think, well, the door's closer, I can do that. And that's why I, you know, I go back and forth with a lot of different processes that we have here in the mm-hmm. state to mm-hmm. get divorced um, as to which way is really right. You know, I'm asking people, again, to sit together on a divorce where they couldn't get together and hold on to that marriage or fix what needed to be fixed. But mm-hmm. we're going to stream through a divorce and it's going to be perfect. Yeah. yeah. Nah, I don't yeah. see how that weighs out. But to the journaling point, see, you're looking for positive, and I wanted to finish yeah. that up real quick with you. No, and you're yeah, I, I totally get that. Look, look, why why did you feel okay on this day? Yeah. What was going on in your yeah. life? What were you thinking at that moment? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, that's that's good because I'm usually always, um, I don't know, maybe searching for when things all went bad. <laughs> well, <laughs> when I go back and look at my life. That's what we focus on, but I think <laughs> that you actually can find your, you know, again, your growth and your and development because, like, who put you here? Who said you were going to get divorced a second sure. time or a third time? I've got people that come out of relationships, and I talk to people, and it's like they come out of a divorce, they're on the next one, and the next one, the next one. And I say to myself, where did you? Where are you? Mm-hmm. Is the next person isn't going to fix this? Mm-hmm. You've got to be whole and healthy, and that's why I think when you can take the time to write it, you've taken the time to think about it, and you're looking at, well, why did I do this, or what was I looking for here? And listen, we all know that it's ages and stages are my big terms. What ages I want, and stages. Yeah, what okay. you want at this age and stage of your life isn't what you wanted in your twenties. So true. Right. So true. And I don't know what that going to get to when you're in your 70s and 80s right, right. but you got to put it all together and you got to realize yeah i've got it's a multitude of people looking at well i wanted this then and i got to live with this no grow grow the marriage mm-hmm. right hold mm-hmm. on to the changes that come along the good things the bad things but you mentioned communication so let's talk about communication in a marriage um it's changed a lot with technology. The remedial way we communicate has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, textings replaced phone calls. You yep. Know. Um, messages have kind of replaced traditional texting. There's uh, there's all these avenues of social media, which we can talk about the public aspect of where you live your marriage. Um, it's tough. I don't envy my children because I had it tough before technology. The way I ran my early marriage, <laughs> so I, you know, it, it's it's even in dating. I can see it now. People were having, tr- people are struggling with communication. Um, I don't want to turn into a dating show, but you see it all. I, I see it on social media all the time. Where I see a lot from women where they're they get ghosted. I guess ghosting's a thing where they they're especially divorcees. They go out and they go on a date, and like the person they go on a date with, they, it seems like it's or it's a charade, and they go away. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't, I think, real a prevalent thing much before well, technology. I think, you're, I think you're coming to the same word that you know, people ask me whether marriage failed, and I bring up communication, is the same opposite of how to keep your marriage intact. Mm-hmm. Um, communication. Mm-hmm. If we can tie it together, that's what we're losing in in, in America. Today. Okay. You know, do I, I, people get mad at me? You know, I'll go on the air with um, Rob Pratt. And the, people say, oh, he's so stuck in time, and he wants the way it was. And I, I, I tend to think, well, I'm going to fight this for him because he's right. It was so much more simplistic mm-hmm. when we all sat down at night and had dinner together. Mm-hmm. And so now I fight with families to say, 
give me two nights a week. You know, what I knew, and I grew up, growing up, we had dinner every night. Right. We were always having that, and we knew what was going on. So now I've gone from you know five, seven nights a week where where I was growing up to I'm fighting people. Can we do a Taco Tuesday just to get you all together? Mm-hmm. You know, make that the special mm-hmm. night of the week. And it's it's weird. I'm I'm up against that all the time. And it comes to communication. The key to communication is what understanding to me. Listening. Oh yeah, understanding. But I, I, they're synonymous to me to a degree. I, I put it, I understand it, but I, first I got to hear it and listen. I got to dissect it. I got to hear what they're or saying. Or listen to understand. Yeah. Good. I think that, you know, it's not always about um, getting back into radio. Rob Pratt always used to say to me, I said, how do you know all this stuff? And how do you remember all this stuff? And how do you do this? And he goes, the key's always listening. Let them talk. You listen. You'll mm-hmm. find your path there. And he was right. Mm-hmm. And then you keep, it's funny how you keep using and putting those things together as time goes on Mm -hmm. it's always about the listening for me there's a quote i'm not sure who originated it but it comes down to the listening and it says why did god give you two ears and one mouth (laughs) it's hard to argue that point right listen that's good well it's key it's it's so mobile in everything Mm -hmm. that i do Mm -hmm. Um, in all of my entities of, of work that I love doing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's come to that. When, a, when a, a younger couple, younger for you and I, um, let's just say someone in their early 30s come and they say, one of the partners says, you know, we're getting divorced. We don't talk anymore. You know, I never know what he's doing or she's doing or and do you examine the method in which they communicate, the, the actual method that they choose? And it's typically, I'm going to guess, probably mostly text messages. Yeah. Do you find that? Well, because, you know, I think we learned early on that forget texting yet. When you got an email, you didn't know how to take it, right? Right. Well, you'd get an email and you're asking, oh, I, y'all, you're, you're There's no looking emotion. For Nothing. And you're getting it back like, well, it sounds like they're mad at me. It's Meanwhile, sterile. they were just... You know, so then you we went we moved from there to this instant because everything in the world is instantaneous now, right? Mm-hmm. So I get a text, and here's me. I take none of them to heart. I don't care if I'm sending to you now. I, I've now owned my position in that. You know, clients call me or they'll text me. They want me instantly. I'm right here with you. What Got am it. I going to do? Got it. You know, what was the olden days? You know, I couldn't get to you. I'm looking. Listen, if it comes through with a nine one one, I'm on it. Okay, mm-hmm. and you better not abuse that position mm-hmm. of a nine one one. But I, I look at it. There's a time for an emergency, but there's a time where we've created a certain age group. It's instantaneous, right? And it's not going to change if I answer you in an hour mm-hmm. or in two hours. Mm-hmm. It's become stressful in a lot of industries. The industry I'm in, I will tell you. Um, uh, clients expecting instant answers all the time, you know, and I could be at one property, another property in a closing. I could be, at a, you know, and I have to, I have to tell you the pace of business is so fast now that I carry that into my personal life. You know, I find myself, my wife and I texting each other constantly when we probably should be having some of these conversations by phone for a voice inflection, for hearing just, right. just for how about some human connection? And that's been in in my children's lives. They don't get that. Um, and a lot of times, you know, we'll say, well, did you do this? Well, she'll, she'll say, our, our one daughter specifically, I'll send him a text. 
and and we'll say we're old fashioned because you know pick up the phone. Um, something very recently happened with our younger daughter, and it's it's major. You know, she's going for film, um, and we had to have her make a phone call. And I say the phone call would work. And she said, oh, I'll send an email. And so, you know, he and I get into it because we communicate over it. And we're on the same page. But, you know, getting that generation, um, I think sometimes we as parents have to sit back and say, let them figure it out. Yeah, I, I, I did that too. But I'm amazed because I paid the phone bill for my two children. Um, you know, and so I see, I just see the total volume of calls. And there just isn't any. None. So go look at their data. <laughs> oh, the data is incredibly huge, but just, there's just, which is just, it's an amazing culture shift. I mean, for me, it, it happens slowly, I think, but if you really look back at it, um, and I, you know, and I have my daughter tell, well, dad, you know, it, that's why there's emojis, because emojis yeah. will give you the emotional Emotion. feel for what you're trying to say. I go, there used to be a way where you just open your mouth and you talk to somebody and they'd be able to tell whether you're angry, happy, sad, loving. I agree. Right? I agree. <laughs> I, I think mean, there's a whole lot of that missing from today. <laughs> but, you know, and I think it's it's gen- definitely generational. Mm-hmm. And I hope, you know, I always say life goes full circle. Right. And if right. you think of things when you were growing up where they start to come back at you, I think it's going to take that turn again. Look. I hope. The, the, somebody brought this up over holiday. You know, remember vinyl? Right? Yeah. Gone. I mean, yeah. it used to go to National Record Mart. Yeah. That was all oh, you yeah. used to buy. It's a good, those are good days. Right? <laughs> and then they were gone. But guess uh-huh. what? They're back. They are back. They so are back. I look at those things as hope. You know? Well, I think it's, it comes back to that organic experience of life. You know, as a music appreciator and someone who was in that business for a while, you know, albums were tangible. You could feel it. It was part of the experience. And then CDs kind of minimized it, but you still had something tangible. When you went to downloading and music got kind of disposable, um, people are yearning for more. And I think it's that yearning for that connection. I know it's an inanimate object, but it's still a connection to what they're feeling, right? I mean, look at the cover art on the albums. Yeah, and the liner notes and things. That was, people were thrilled to to look at that and read those, and and that gave them a sense of of the music and the personalities of the musicians. And now it's a download you see a little cloud symbol on your phone and oh it's it's boom inc- and there's convenience i don't knock the convenience I, I like life i don't mind my phone i just don't like um sterile's a tough word to use but it, it really kind of took the emotion out of a lot of a lot of life for me because communicate i'm a talker that's what i do and it's hard when there's not a lot of reciprocating ears anymore because well, no one picks up the phone well it's funny in divorce it's funny uh, when you, I get, you know, people say, how can you work with divorce all the time? And I say, you know, it's the best job. I, I'm oftentimes reminded I, I'm with people with the most awful, horrendous, worst times of their lives. Mm-hmm. But I get to tell you, I get to see where they're going to go and how mm-hmm. where they're going to end up. And that becomes the blessing side mm-hmm. of it. So it's the journey through each one. And, and there's times that I can literally crawl up my steps to get in the house. Is it so exotic? Because you're living with this with them 24-7. Sure. But interestingly enough, more often than not, they want to talk. They don't want to text. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to hear that voice, whether they need to be heard or whether they need to be just sound off and get it all out vented for themselves. 
So I have hope again on that. <laughs> I, I think I have hope again. I have to tell you that that's a funny comment you you made because during this tumultuous divorce, I just had to just vent or I had to just you know plead to somebody. Well, I was doing this to my attorney, and she would call me back and go, "Eric, I will listen to you till the cows come home." But I'm on the you know. You, you need to find. They're a, on the ching ching. Yeah, you need to find somebody, <laughs> right? That, right. That, and an empathetic ear because it isn't that I won't listen to you. He goes, and I'm fighting for you, but you know, but I I, I feel that in in divorce, I couldn't imagine expressing myself as a 53 year old person in this world via a phone or via being a, a email message. It just doesn't it doesn't have any passion to it. And this yeah, is where I look at the, the younger the younger generation that we're raising. And they're just, I think that that's an element of passion in their life that is not communicated. And I, that's where I want to say, um, when you've got a family going through divorce, you don't understand the impact of on the children. And I've fought from day one. I wish I could change the world on this. I, I Sometimes I just want to say you two are acting like two knuckleheads. Um, I preach, you know, whether your kids are you know, toddlers, you know, almost, you know, to the preteens, the teens, mm-hmm. even at, at 40 and 50, they're all impacted by this. And children are will always forgive, I feel, but they never forget. Mm-hmm. And so you really got to keep in mind as to where you're doing all, making all these strategic moves. And sometimes it's, you know, they're, you're, you're the parent. And you've got to remember that these children are not your best friend. Mm-hmm. A 10 year old doesn't need to know the dirty details. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to have those outlets. And believe me, I work with teams of people here in Pittsburgh. I hand them off. I, you know, it doesn't matter if we're, you know, the, from the attorney to a chef, right. you know, and everything that encompasses that forensics and, um, you know the accounting piece of it and looking for this and looking for that and what we're fighting for and what we have to give up and compromise and mm-hmm. you know how do you get to the place of, of happiness you know sometimes I think, oh, it's my whole life is mm-hmm. you know is the financial impact worth what your kids won't have right. i don't know right you know i gotta fight for this house that you can't afford um many off many times we 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 see this happen and you know, the experts come in, we come in and we say, you're not going to be able to afford that house in three years. Right. You know, and right. you don't understand, Nan. How many times do I hear that? Oh, I don't understand. I understand it all. And, you know, so is it worth not holding on to that house? A house is, to me, mm-hmm. you know, I have to tell them constantly, a house is brick and mortar. Home's where you make it. Let's make that home. But you know what? You want to fight? I'm going to be by your side while we fight to keep that house. Mm-hmm. And maybe they needed to have that lesson learned for themselves. But it's a know, tough lesson. I love to be there. I, I said, I'm there. I'm here to forecaster. I'm going to tell you where you're going to end up. But, and I'll journey through right, wrong, or different. They're your decisions. Mm-hmm. I can't, we mm-hmm. can give you the knowledge, but sometimes you got to just step down and say, hey, they're going to make these mistakes and just be there for them, mm-hmm. you know, on the other side of it. People are really sensitive about losing their stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, really surprisingly. Like well, loyal the to same their way. stuff. I'm I, sure I was to a degree too. But it, 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 stepping back as a rational, non-divorced person right now, I, I look at it. And I go, "Wow, was I? You know, um, I wasn't. I wasn't over the top about it. But 
it was almost like a hurt to a degree that something's going to be taken from me that I earned or I did this or I did that. And I Well, I know what he's going to get. I, I know what's coming. I could just, he's It's in a Tupperware bin yeah, in our ass. I knew exactly where, you, you opened the door for that. Tooth and nail I fought for, it. for a half a set of china. We got married in those days. You picked out a china setting. Yeah, that's a, and this that was and a thing. And I tell, I tell a story all the time. I had to have, because it was my daughter. Okay. Uh, my oldest daughter and I she would want that I mean this is what's going through my mind she would want that china she'd have to have it it was ours and she'd want it and he would is not giving me the whole set and I'm fighting tooth and nail and right. you know and then I heard from the mother oh she wanted the platter back because it was her mother gave me the platter at a shower and mm-hmm. we're fighting over this and I fought and I fought and I fought and um, when we got married the the china half a set of china and the platter and a couple other pieces went upstairs you know in storage in the attic in the, in the attic. Tupperware bin and and, and at the mm-hmm. right time and place I remember somebody you know showing it to my oldest daughter it was I kept a setting of it downstairs and <laughs> I said well I have this for you oh it's ugly I don't want it <laughs> what am I gonna do with that and it wasn't even I didn't even tell her we were only getting a half a set you know and I thought, dinner for four yeah I'm like you don't know how hard I fought for that and. She's like, ew, it's ugly. And how many dollars were expended fighting for it? Oh, yeah, as, as opposed to the value of the actual item. Uh, yeah, and I see this, conti- you know, oh, my God. So human turkey, sentiment really can fryers. screw things up in divorce. I mean, the sentimental value of stuff. Turkey fryer. <laughs> turkey fryer. Turkey fryer. <laughs> you know, it had to be that turkey fryer, you know. Um it just it's it's crazy it's 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 so emotional based that it's not it fogs the reality it's of not, what, yeah it's not rational no, now, now, no now hopefully over time it starts to you know it's that that starts to smooth out a little bit right is this time the ultimate healer generally not, it, time is the healer if you make it work that way okay but there's some people who are just bitter to the end and they live they'll live their life and i Mel, Mel always says to me, goes, you're such a good, my intuition is so on. It's on all the time. Okay. And you can tell which ones will be just bitter to the end. And they'll live post their divorce bitter. And everybody around them will know they're bitter. And it, you can't change it. And then the other ones come out and say, you know what? I made a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. And they will move on and find their new peace. And I tell them, you know, um, even if it, it, when it goes bad. And children of, I said, you know, one thing you have to thank that ex-spouse for, and, and me included, I mean, look what I got. I got my daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as I couldn't stand him or what he did or this or that, you got to own that piece to it. And they just can't move past that. And, you know, say thank you, put it, put it to bay, be at ease and move on. And they can't do it. I found out quickly that it's just earlier on that really it just is stuff. Homes, cars, uh, we get that guitars. Was, it didn't matter, it, you know, whether I, whether they were in my possession or not. It's just an inanimate object. Let's and, go down to the family you know. court. Let's go take a walk through there, and you'll see what they're gonna what they're fighting for at times. Is is absolutely it, the stuff, but I can't dismiss their emotion for it. Um, it's their stuff, you know. It's what they know, and all of a sudden, you know, when we're, when we're happy and living in a home together, and the marriage is okay. You don't care whose stuff you're using, right? Mm-hmm. But my gosh, when it you shared get, stuff, then, it does right? Yeah, you don't walk around. Well, that's my. You're using mine, and you're using that's mine, and this mine. No, it doesn't matter. But the yeah. second something goes on, and we got to divide some of those assets. Oh my God, the stuff is so important. But it was mine. You don't understand. It was mine. I understand. Yeah. 
But here's me. So you had two TVs. One's going to you. One's going to him. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, let's just make it work that way. Men, to me, and I can tell you, just my own circle of people, there is that thing where if, if you have a stay-at-home mom or if you have a, a, a wife that is not working, they're doing everything. So in their brain, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm slacking my own here. In their brain, they're doing everything. It's dis- well, the, it, the contribution to the family is disproportionate. If I go through a divorce, I mean, you know, why, why, why am I paying her anything, or why am I paying her this much amount of money? That is a very alpha male-driven um, philosophy that um, I didn't have. Thank goodness, by the grace of God, I didn't have that in me. But boy, it's tainted so many people in my sphere, and just you know, I, I admit it, it's there, and and that does not serve men well. Well, in divorce proceedings, I, I, in my in my opinion, living that way or feeling that way. I, I totally agree. I mean, you look at things as, you know, the, the normally, you know, it, it, you often I say to myself, why do we fight so hard for, well, the, this pension or the retirement was built for us. Okay. Us didn't work. So she stayed home. And if she put the kids and did all the, the mm-hmm. things that she needed to do and why do you feel she's not entitled to that? And right. I guess if you can make me understand it, then we can have a discussion about it. Mm-hmm. Because it's mine. Well, that doesn't hold no. up. Uh-uh. It just doesn't hold uh-uh. up. And 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 quite honestly, I, I where I sit now with divorces, it's pretty black and white. You know, you take the whole marital estate, you put it in there, what you have, what you're going to share up. Mm-hmm. You know, other than the fact of it's the stuff. You know, moving forward with support. That there's guidelines to there, you know. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to fight with me over, you know, uh, something so ridiculous as support? Because that's I don't know what, what what's he doing with the money? What's she doing with the money? You know, it's right. for your children. Right. No, it isn't. Oh, right. I can't help that. Right. You know, and the state has those guidelines. There's like yeah. a range, right? But, and, but then somebody wants an accounting of. Oh, I've given you uh, example five hundred dollars. I want to know where that five hundred dollars. <sighs> They don't have to do it. They don't have to do it. So now I'm telling you, they don't have to do it. So what? Move on. Right. And that's where you get all that stuff. So how do you present and move yourself along when you can't get over stuff? This is going for your kids. Right. And how does it work? You know, because that's the way it is. Sometimes you just got to realize you're not going to get all your answers. Mm -hmm. But if you would have paid the support, we wouldn't be in here for the fourth time trying to do all this and costing you on every other aspect of what we're doing here because mm-hmm. you want to win what? So that whole lust to the concept of winning drives most of this stupidity. Yep. Yeah. Gotta win. Yep. And whose definition of win? I never felt uh, like I won. I, said I never. You. I know you did. I, I never felt like I won <laughs> in either circumstance. Now, financially, took a huge hit on one. Had a, a very amicable and a very workable situation in the first one. Thank God. But I never felt like I won anything. I never felt that. I never. I, I never. Listen, I. I, I had a conversation re- recently with somebody, and when you when you want to have, a, I always I love this. I'll be out. We'll be at an event. We'll be here. We'll be out to dinner. Somebody will say to me, um, "I just need a, sh- a, a, a ask you a quick question. Um, I need a, a, a tiger. I need a shark. I mean, a friend of mine's <laughs> going to get divorced. I need to know that attorney's name." And I look at them and I say to myself. Back then, coming out of my divorce, I could, I could, I w- I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Today, journeying through all these years, why would you even want to start off like that? Why mm-hmm. don't you understand what this divorce? And so, I, when I've given the opportunity to work with people, I'll say to them, just take all that stuff and put it in a pile. 
and we're going to work that out because the attorneys are going to figure out what who's getting what, right? And not the minutia of the pots and the pans, the the assets, the right. you know the house, the the financial pieces. That's that's mm-hmm. what they're going to figure out because mm-hmm. really when they realize, and I've had this before. Well, we just redid our whole house with furniture, and we spent a hundred and twenty five thousand on furniture. And I remember the judge from the bench one day. She says. And you know what that furniture's <laughs> worth to me? Ten thousand bucks. It's uh-huh. used, and I don't care. Yeah. And I remember he fell to his knees. Ten thousand bucks. I said, "Now you see why I said work it out." That's right. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're, I'm gonna get the judge. I'm gonna see the judge. The judge. Really? You want a judge making your decisions? Mm-hmm. You're in control of it. But you know, again, it's a heavy dose of realism, though, for people. Eh. I mean, it's uh, it, so. Talk to me a little bit about um, mediation, because that's it's obviously an option for people before they go down the legal route. Is that correct? Is, well, so there's or collaborative law. Yes. They're calling it now, I guess. In yeah. In, in um, and and I have I have my own personal feelings on collaborative law. You know, there's three ways you know to divorce in PA, mm-hmm. and and I look at it. I'm asking people to come together. And collaborate on a divorce. Yeah. Well, why weren't we collaborating on to save the marriage? Yeah, yeah, I get it. And I look at it like you know, in colla- in collaborative law, it's great. Listen, it works for some of these attorneys and some of these couples that yeah. have the foundation. But again, why didn't you self-examine before you got to that part? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I I'm going to take the fifth on all of that. You know, I, I don't think litigating is, is any better, but I think that today, where I sit, too many people get divorced. It's the easiest way out. Okay. They, they I don't want to dismiss your comment there on, you know. Feel free. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, it kind of runs, runs through me on it because I'm thinking, you're gonna spend all this time and money to collaborate a divorce, really? Mm-hmm. And, and I get there's those marriages where Quite honestly, you just aren't supposed to be married anymore. You mm-hmm. just don't love the person, or this happened, or that happened. Right. I, I get it. There's intimate right. details of people. Divorce is always going to happen. We're not going to stop that. But the majority of those cases that want to do that, I think to myself, mm, I'd rather had you collaborate and stay together. My biggest thing is, does a marriage really need to end? You know. Um, okay. Just because the the, go- the tough gets going, you gotta you know walk out. Okay. Um, another one of my lines uh, marriage is the hardest job you're gonna have I don't care if you work three day jobs and two night jobs your marriage is the hardest and people don't get that they don't the light bulb doesn't go on for them and and they say oh she's right but if you think about it mm-hmm. you know we're we're married 22 years how could it be the same it's it's I mean how would you want to be married to me you know what I mean with mm-hmm. what I do for a living mm-hmm. you know he's a, a saint he's dealing with this, that, and the other, but I still have my own marriage things that we constantly have to work on. I don't walk in, okay, Mel, today's the day we're going to work on this or this or that. I We practice what we preach. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I couldn't, I wouldn't have found the success in it if it hadn't been for him. Understood. Right? You know, picking up and, and doing those extra pieces. But today I'm more about trying to make really make sure that people need to end end these marriages because I think they're just ridiculous for some of the reasons that they're divorcing why are we so flippant about divorce the common 
conversation is that there's more divorces, more people get divorced and stay together. So it's over 50% now of marriages are ending. It's, it's always a number that's, but that's, that's high. True, but if that's true, you know, why are we so, do you, or do you feel that we're getting a divorce at a, a, a more, at a, at a bigger rate today than maybe 20 years ago? Because I think people don't understand when they take those vows. I guess my, um, I had a long time listener on, um, KQV way back then and he critiqued everything I'd do a commercial and he would send a message to the station she used the wrong <laughs> word there and you know he, he was kind of cool a little God bless yeah, a little grumpy at times but he was always a fan you know he always showed positive um, sure reinforce and you have you had to learn to take that but it was funny because I remember one time somebody said to me, do you have gift certificates? <clears throat> and I'm thinking, well, no, I've never been asked if I have gift certificates to give anybody for that. And it was funny because <laughs> it had come from him. Okay. His daughter was getting married and she, he had asked, he said, listen, I've been listening to you for so long that if you really understand divorce, then you've got to figure out how to keep marriage together. And it, an epiphany happened. You remember that, Mo? I kind of... The, I thought to myself, well, he's got to have some basis for this, right? I've seen so much failure in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I said, gift certificate? No, I don't have gift certificates. <laughs> and I remember having the conversation um, with his daughter and her, her husband-to-be. And, you know, it's just the fact that I think going into a marriage, it's scary. It's not the same. People say they live together, but there's some formal piece of we're married now. See, there's always an out before uh -huh. but now you got that that certificate we're married and what comes along with that are expectations and i remember even before they said i do there was some issues because that they just hadn't brought up mm -hmm. and believe it or not it was about the wedding the expectation of the bride's <laughs> wedding night and and he was sweating you know i, I could just picture him in a tux just sweating his brains out because you know the 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 infamous night you know you right. the woman's gone through the bride's gone through all these things and right. it has to be the perfect night uh -huh. and he felt he was going to let her down on the perfect night okay and i think to myself here it is right in front of you right. you know right. just talk it out right. and so we've alleviated that and you're going to go on and have the perfect wedding right 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 but if you didn't talk it out sure what would have that night have been for them he mm. had expectations of failing her because mm -hmm. of the, the which means he probably would have Right, right, that's it. And, but she didn't realize how much pressure she was putting on to my day. My day. Let's I'm talk a, about that for a second. Because, because because reality TV makes a big deal out of the weddings and, the, you know, it, it is bridezillas and all this stuff. I mean, that's not probably a good way but for younger couples to really start out the whole matrimony thing. Probably not a good way. No. Cause I mean, let's go. We should take the mics. Let's go hide out in a bridal store and see what really goes on. <laughs> oh, they'd love us. Yeah, let's just hear what they what they're they talking love about. Us, man. They I love think us. expectation, right? <laughs> if you have expectations, doesn't that kind of sometimes lead to failure? Yeah, no they question. Letdowns. But it's hard to it, tell a twenty-one-year-old, you know, bride to be not to have any expectations of their wedding day. Well, because they're looking at all the fantasy stuff on YouTube and exactly. you know this and that, exactly. and the, the dress and what we're spending. And again, I think we get so lost in all that. Um, when mm. we got married, after I did that whole f thing the first time, I said, "Let's just have a party," and we did. And you know, we had fun. And he was never married before. I don't <clears> speak <throat> for him, but he got it. I mean, I 
communicated right, and right. said, look, Got it. I want to have fun this time. I didn't have fun the first time. Yeah. And so can you stop? Yeah. Old fashioned in me uh-huh. comes up and I said, it still has, it has a lot to do impact of communication with children and parents and upbringing and how much you do have, you know, that sit down dinner with your kids every night and you're trying to listen. I got, I know divorced families that sit down and still make it a point to have dinner with their kids. Mm-hmm. You know, kudos to them. They mm-hmm. get it. Um, as much as you don't like that person across the table and as much as you want to jump all over what they did and didn't do in the marriage, when you can come together for your kids and yeah. leave it at that. Absolutely right. Just leave it. But it takes a lot to get somebody to do that. How bad is social media now? How does how does social media, the, just the public nature of social media, uh, affect these marriages now that you're seeing? And these, these divorce, I mean, is, that, that has to be... I don't even mean just meeting other people. I just mean... The propensity to maybe live out a portion of your life publicly, which might not be congruent with what your spouse is doing or what they even believe that you're I, doing. I think that... But how much is it is real? <laughs> well, I guess we could ask ourselves that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you put everything out there on social media? No. No. Neither. <laughs> and what, they, yeah, what, they, what we do give them... They think is so real. We I remember getting on a plane with my girlfriend, and somebody came up to me and they said to me, "Hi, Nan." And I always do that. Hi, you know, <laughs> hi. And, and I'm your friend on Facebook. And they thought that I knew everything about them. Right. And right. I felt bad because like, happens. Uh, I don't. And mm. I'm really glad to meet you. Yeah. You know, and and you and they think that they know everything, and you don't. You know. Yeah what what is put out there now don't we both know people that put way too much out there no question uh, of, no of question. exposure and then we all walk around saying i can't believe they do that why would you put that out there mm-hmm. you know but someone can be looking at me saying the same thing sure you know what i mean like my because my my level of what i want out there especially being a self-promoter the the career i'm in and, and growing this show I'll share I'll share quite a bit. Not so much the personal stuff, you know, right. but the business stuff or the family right. stuff. But everybody's level of acceptability is there, but you are right. There are people that will share every emotional swing they have in public. And I'd imagine that would not be good within the confines of a marriage. I guess unless both of them it's are just, doing it together. It's just not. You you often I've seen spousal fights play out on social on social media. Like I just saw one yesterday of two people that I love and care about. They're fighting on social media <laughs> and 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 again and and what are they fighting for something that they got an instant image of or not understanding why this person was at this place at this time um because see communication mm-hmm. lets things run wild when it mm-hmm. doesn't happen so you were supposed to be at work but you ended up picking up somebody else and you didn't know that they had a flat tire and they ended up over there and there's such such a simplistic reasoning for it now on the flip side of that, that's the tenth time you've heard this story and right. where you were and shouldn't have been. Right. I get it, but right. I, I think that if you don't have the foundations in your marriage mm-hmm. of trust and honesty, right. you know, built in there right off the bat, then you're letting yourself run wild and you're creating the damage. Tethering is a big thing now. We're all tethered to some degree with the phone because it's pinging off of towers and all that stuff. And Google probably knows where we are at every moment of the day. But couples tethering each other, um, parents tethering through apps like Snapchat. And I say tethering because they can, people that use it can say it's not. It basically is. When you're sharing your location 
24-7 or it's being required of you from your partner or whatever. That's a different lifestyle. That's something that's a... But I go back to that again. Um, now, I'm, t- I'm taking the children part out of that because okay. there's a lot of apps and stuff and we know what children get into. It's a lot, you know, our big thing was going to, you know, smoke a joint. Uh-huh. I mean, kids today are shooting up. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. The, the world dynamics have changed. Certainly. And so I'm not going to position myself on the children right now but i think as adults Mm -hmm. um if you can't leave you know goodbye i'm going to work today and you can't trust that that person's going i I think it comes back to that great foundation Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of it comes down to just respect i think so too which is a big word that's been lost um throughout our culture right now Mm -hmm. in every aspect of our lives it's just not respectful and um I hope we get back to that. Living together versus being married. The lines have certainly blurred during this past generation and even the generation before. Um, Why is that? Why is marriage being de-emphasized now? Or or the, not severity of it, the the bond of marriage. Why is that being eroded? Because I honestly, I, from my position, believe that it has been and it continues to be. Well, it's funny. I think it's you is values within yourself. You know, people said to me, "Why would I ever want to get married after coming out of a miserable divorce?" I had values. I believed in somewhat. Okay, if they're fantasy, they're fantasy. I like white picket fence and being married, and mm-hmm. I, I never gave up on who I was or what I wanted. And so I knew I wanted to get married again. I didn't know when that would happen or if it would happen. But again, I some of the things I did were so real that I think that's probably why I wish I had had a me then okay. just to do some background okay am I doing this right but I gave myself my time um, it wasn't easy I mean you're devastated after it I mean I couldn't walk into a restaurant and sit down and eat by myself because I felt every eye in the restaurant would be looking at why is she alone what's wrong with her mm-hmm. you know sitting and taking a movie you know I, well, I would never go by myself I love going to the movie theater. Big screen by myself. <laughs> you know, I can feel it now. But it, it it comes down to I had value in marriage. Mm-hmm. I grew up and I knew what I wanted and I set goals for myself and I like sharing my life with somebody. I, why why would you not want that? I don't get it. Mm. I get the fact. The, you want to try things out for a little bit, but you got people that are living together all these years. I got people on the other end of it that have been married for so many years, mm-hmm. and they're gonna just now. It's all about companionship. Mm-hmm. They get a divorce or become a what? I just want companionship. Okay, okay. So <laughs> let me ask you this, right? You don't want to commingle your monies because I get all that, but what happens if you get sick? Mm-hmm. Or what happens if you have a surgery? Or what happens if you want to go spend some time, you know, south for the winter? Oh, you want somebody, but you want to pay for it. You know, I think a lot of those things come up. And so we leave it at companionship because we don't have to make the ultimate step into marriage and living like again as we have. I, I'm not for it. I think that, you know, we go around life once. It's, I don't care who you marry, what you marry, this and that. But I think commitment is needs to be looked at when you don't want to do it. Do we have so many choices in society now that um, it goes for marriage? I mean, we're able to choose so many different things. You go to the grocery store, there's a 
you're looking for ketchup, there's 30 of them, not in Pittsburgh. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, Heinz, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, essentially, there's so much choice that we're able to, oh, we like that, we're going to go get that. Like this, we're going to go do this. Is, is it more, or is that just an excuse for, for you know, bad behavior in terms of a marriage i mean listen i don't I think know. if you're don't tell me i'm old-fashioned on this but if you're lucky enough to find somebody why wouldn't you want to spend your life with them why wouldn't you want to take the good the bad the ugly mm-hmm. you know um it, you know marriages don't fail all the time just because of you know what do you do when you got a 55 year old spouse that loses their job because they come into work and they mm-hmm. want to hire younger people mm-hmm. and they can get three of them over your salary right. and at 55 what are you supposed to do work-wise right. Right. so you've been married to somebody this entire time because they brought him the paycheck and life has been good and you've had your vacation all of a sudden out of control he didn't have control he loses his job and you're going to say i'm done well, wait a minute that's what you do to your spouse right. i don't get it what was right. this marriage what was the basis of this marriage why didn't you say what can I do? Or maybe I, you know, no. It was all about your perfect world, and it mm-hmm. was good for you. Where's the commitment? Get down, dig it out, and figure out what you're going to do. You know, it's just as easy. Well, mm-hmm. he can't. He's not working anymore, and well, I'm stuck between here and collecting social security and this and that. And goodbye. Yeah, you just want to just. It infuriates me. Do you think he went in that day to get the notice that he's gone? Do you think he woke up today and said, I'm going to go in there and say, fire me? Really? <laughs> really? Yeah, I get it. Um, I, I totally I totally get it. Um, let's talk about dating for a second, because <laughs> I was warned for this show, if I really wanted to get you wild up, that would be it. But part of the work that you do is prepare for after the divorce and how to restart your life, right? That was the biggest life, right? part. Of, of struggling with clients was the after piece because I remember you know I'd have an event or I would schlep a client with me and I'd say okay I have to go to this event I'm bringing you because I want to see how you socially interact now okay because okay? now we've moved on and we're going to get back out in the real life and this that so I've, I'm at an event and I've got one eye on what I should be doing and I got the other eye on you <laughs> and epiphany was we were at the north side one night and I took a client and she thought she did so great we were walking out and she says to me, I did so good. Look at all these business cards I, I hand. And she had a whole handful of 25 business cards. She met everybody in there, but she didn't. It was Okay, it's like, I need your card to show Nan I met you. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like it was a test. It, it, it's the biggest, it was the biggest problem. And I searched for years and years and years to find something. And so I'm a matchmaker now. I know. I guess Let's that, talk it was about that, that. I, I guess it was that that intuition piece of um, landscape of dating out there. Mm. Ew. Yeah. Ew. It's it's ever changing. It's um, online dating. <laughs> don't even get me started. I'm trying to get you started. I want to know why are you so well because opposed they, of it because. There's so few and far between reality and and non-reality here. Mm-hmm. It's it's it makes me crazy. I'm telling you that half of these people. I'm like, I remember, I remember years, 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 years ago. I had a friend who thought I he uh, I would be so proud of him for doing a profile on Match.com. Mm-hmm. You know what? I was proud of him 
for making that move. Sure. What I wasn't proud <laughs> of all the unfa- the false things, the adjustments. I'm like, why would you put that picture? Why would you want to screw yourself up? And see, I got. <laughs> They're going to come out to meet you, and you don't look like that. You would think. You but, would think. But I learned it's what the perception. Their perception is their own reality. Absolutely correct. And Absolutely so correct. I just got frustrated with it. And I think when you have the power, remember, go back to my journal and handwriting mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. The power of a keyboard enables people to just keep clicking and I don't like that and doing this and doing that and da 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 And it works. Uh-huh. And you hear, listen, with all of the advertising that they do and, and all the people they have, no doubt they're gonna have successes along the way. Well, it's a numbers game for them, right? It works, somehow yeah. it works. But I, there was one dating firm or company that did the ultimate piece of paper where they matched them up Okay. And they gave you the piece of paper as to why you were supposed to be together forever. I remember forever. that one, that company. It was uh, Christian Mingle, I think. Oh, it, oh, that was that recent? This Before was... the social media era, there was one that was... No, no, this was the like one. They had something. a tagline, you okay. know. Okay, whatever it was. And honest to God, they got the report back and they thought they were supposed to get married. And, and meanwhile, they're getting divorced <laughs> and she's giving me these, pa- these papers and I'm like, she's like, but they said, I go... It was algorithms putting it together. <laughs> it wasn't people behind there saying, uh, let's do this, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. and yeah, again, and, and product was was divorced, but I thought socialization is huge. Mm-hmm. You definitely have to have it. Communication. No question. Um, and that's kind of how Dinner for Two was morphed. Okay. So one of the things that led into this from divorces when people were married for a long time, 20, 30 years, 15 years, society changed and the way you did things changed too. How do you even get back up on the saddle, so to speak? It's a great point. It's a great point. I mean, when you were young, you had the nerve and you'd call and talk to someone. But now... People don't even talk on the phones, as well, and you that's, said. That's the other part of it. So in finding that out, this power of the keyboard, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when I was at KQV doing a show one night, and some caller called in, and oh, I was pounding on the on the <laughs> desk there, and I'm like, really? You know, and, and there was there was one woman that called, and she said, I'll get uh, whatever I have to do to get them to like me or like my profile. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm like... Oh, you're a hot mama. I would definitely want to come after you on on the, on a dating site. You know, that's great. Um, oh, I I just mm, no 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 no. So I thought, okay, let's go back to matchmaking, mm-hmm. like meeting somebody. Like I meet somebody, I'm like, uh, you're right for the program or you're not. Right. Um, right. My husband can tell you the famous line. I had somebody call, and they wanted to see my inventory. <laughs> That's a quote. Get back to your word stuff. That you're you're one of my stuff things. Okay. You're my inventory. Okay. I I couldn't believe I'm like and he tried every which way to get in. I mean, and I'm like it's not going to happen. This is just not going to happen because if you present to me this, no way. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's <laughs> There's your landscape for you, and it's full. And your inventory, go look at your, you know, online. But I think you have to be willing, you know, people, 
need to be socialized after divorce, uh-huh. even if it's a quick marriage, if it's you know yeah. longstanding. I mean, yeah, the sure. landscape's always evolving. Sure. Um, you know, again, what you were looking for in your twenties and thirties sure. isn't what you're looking for in your forties and fifties. Although, right. I do get. You know, the occasional over 65 looking for a 30-year-old. Oh, I'm not. Uh, I, I believe it. Uh, yeah, and you know what? <laughs> I completely what? believe it. Uh, you know what? I, I get it. But no. Um, Those things don't generally work anyways, even when there's large amounts of money involved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they don't generally I, work. Yeah, right? Long term, they don't work. Well, the, the, per, the, the term nurse and purse seem to come along, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we get that figured out. Uh, but... <laughs> In just discovering, the key to to matchmaking for us with Dinner for Two is we had started out as Dinner for Eight and was about socialization Mm -hmm. and getting people just to have social things on their calendar. But as it evolved, we learned that people were really looking for love. They were looking for a relationship. So um, things changed and um, different ownership. And as of you know this year, we've really working on the ma- and the impact of matchmaking listening to what people were saying okay. and putting them together and you know at sometimes you get that intuition and you, I know you said you didn't want somebody six feet tall but you know I really want you to meet this person um, I think there's something there and, and that's pe- something a computer can't do Right, it's I mean, that's not an, an algorithm. algorithm can't do what you just an said. An algorithm can't do that. Right, and so not only that, but you're giving them the experience to go out, and everybody has to eat. Uh-huh. So we do it over dinner. The worst uh, thing was like for my friend who put these false pictures out there or adjusted pictures out there. <laughs> is you know, a dinner for two member shows up and actually meets you at the location for dinner. Right, and we do the introduction, that awkward thing where you're going to walk in and maybe have a rose. No. <laughs> You know, people said it's not I, like TV. Yeah, well, they, 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 but people said it's uncomfortable to walk sure. in there and say, are, are, sure. "Are you Nan? Are you Nan? Are you Nan?" I'm looking for Nan. They don't want to do that. So we have somebody that shows up and says, "Hey, come find me. Um, I'm with dinner for two, and then we'll do the introduction. Sometimes we get the conversation started. Mm-hmm. We'll talk a little bit, and we we then leave. But it, I took everything that I didn't like. Um, background checks very mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, not a, it's not a fit for everybody. Um, people want sometimes an instantaneous thing. Well, they come in, and I'm like, I don't have fairy dust. <laughs> we don't go into the lab and create. We're constantly, you know, we can yeah, only yeah. work with with what we get. And right. a lot of times, you know, there's many more women than there are men nationally. Uh, you know, our numbers mm-hmm. look that way, mm-hmm. and here in Pittsburgh too. So you know, okay. the availability, and a lot of times. I see people that we might put out on a dinner, they take themselves off the the active list because they find somebody and they want to date instantly and I say to them, too much, too soon to fail, and they'll say, Oh, I don't want to let this one go, Nan. Or they'll come back, He's the best. I don't want to do this. You know, I'm, I'm you know. Um, I say keep going. You right, know, right, right. if it's meant to be, it'll be. Have fun. Mm-hmm. So that's where dinner for two came from. Okay, and, that, and that's um, that's out of the bag. Is this, is this new? Or is this like well, it's it, it was an evolution of dinner, dinner for eight, eight right? Because right. we didn't want the larger groups. We right. really wanted to focus on the matchmaking as to what the clients wanted. I think that's smart too, because obviously there's probably um, more social. Uh, challenges for people in larger groups, would you think like that? Or a group for eight we in terms spent, of inner... We, you know what it was, was I'll tell you, you talk about, um, we comes back to that word we talked about earlier, respect. Mm-hmm. Um, you, we would set up a dinner for eight, and you know, you're know you counting on that. Okay, so it sides down to a six. Or, you know, people have sure. emergencies or sure. 
babysitter didn't show or an emergency surgery came. We, we, you can deal with that. But I think, you know, we would get through situations with the word respect where people just didn't have respect for what we were doing right. in the fact that, okay, so the Penguins are going to the playoffs and I call you in the morning and you're absolutely coming and then somebody gives you a ticket at four o'clock, see ya. Yeah. And I think to myself, you know, I'm the one, I've taught my kids, if you make a commitment, mm-hmm. you own that commitment. Absolutely. And we got away from a lot of that um, and that kind of got to us. Okay. So now with dinner for two, we have the dinner, the, the, the one-on-one dates, dinner dates, and then the bigger events that we have that are a group, that's their the, the non-focus part. So we will okay. have an event, an open event, you can come to this and that. We put the eye back on the, the hands-on matchmaking. So this, is this an invitation-only based service, or do the people apply for they acceptance? They can go online and um, and fill it out. It's dinner for two pgh dot com. They can dinner go there. Dinner for two pgh dot com. Yes, that's at number two pgh dot com, mm-hmm. and they can fill out the the form. And I I was spoke, I was speaking with somebody the other day. And so she said to me, so I'm joining and you may not accept me. And I said, well, we'll refund your money. <laughs> yeah. Because um, once they fill it out, they go out for a background check. Sure, and, um, sure. And believe it or not, we do dating coaching. Dating coaching. Yes. I could have used that. Yeah. We, we, I, I watch you. I, good luck. If you're going to dinner for two with me and I'm there, I'm watching I could have everything. used that many years ago. Yeah. If people, you know, don't know how to, again, it comes down to a social piece, but I have to say, you know, what's the do's and the don'ts of, um, on dating, mm-hmm. you know, uh, politics, that's a no, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Yet people will sit down and first off the bat, you know, they've got to throw their opinion right out there and... How do you think date number two is going to work? Yeah, that that has to be a problem right now, right? I mean, that's we're so overly uh, we're, everybody's wearing their politics as a badge right now. Yeah, which is just yeah, and that's fine. I think once you get to know somebody, enlighten them, you know. But yeah. that first, no. Um, do you want to sit down with somebody and talk about your how awful your divorce was? Yeah, that's a reoccurring thing. Uh, listen, but not when you've been coached, you know, the right way. Right. You know, right. you'll let those pieces out as as things develop. Um, what's the key? Listening, you know. Yeah. And I say to them, yeah. you just, you know, nobody wants. To, they think you're not over your divorce. So how's mm-hmm. it working for you? Mm-hmm. So you might, this person might be a good match for you, but if you're not skilled in the way of first impressions and the way to handle your business out of the gate, absolutely, you may never have the opportunity with that person. Well, don't you ever hear that all of a sudden you met somebody and then it didn't work out, and then they find themselves five years down the road, three years down the road at a high school reunion, at a this, at a that. Yeah, because you could have been ready, mm-hmm. but you weren't. You didn't want to take the time to invest in yourself right. to get yourself to that right. point. So how does that then? And sometimes that takes, you have to be a little humble and say, look, I don't really know what I'm doing. And let's face it, you know, middle-aged people going out after being married for three years, 10 years, 20 years, going back out in the market, so to speak, that that's intimidating. That's intimidating in a lot of ways Yeah, and for you, men and women. You look at it at... You know, that span of, of dating, that landscape's going to scare you. Uh-huh. Just scare you. And even the method of communication is different. Like, uh, when absolutely. we, you know, I was, when I, before I was married, I used to pick up the phone and call hey, you my fiance. Go get, and now, yeah. like, no one will return my phone calls. They want me to text them. Right. That's, that's, right. I mean, I, I, uh, well, just think if you're out on a date and the person sitting across the table from you is texting, they aren't even giving you their full attention. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, I have that's to the tell. landscape I, now, isn't it? But yeah. that's but that comes to be that we have you prepared for that. We will tell you. Listen, if I see that phone, you're getting a look from me. You know, I've told you that's not the time. Now, I'm not saying that you're not. You know, you're not on call. Um, a family emergency, but you know what I'm talking about yeah. when you're sitting there. Those are rare con- moments. Con- conversations. Yeah. Right. Oh, I'll be right back. Oh, do you mind? You know, if you say do you mind once, don't keep saying it three times. Or if it has to be that, tell the person at least some idea of what's going on. But again, that comes to a lot of things where we get to the respect piece. So I'm going to share this with you because I would love to get your reaction, even if you la- <laughs> even if you laugh at me, and I, and I will take the laughter. So, before uh, Natalie and I, uh, we grew up together, and I hadn't seen her in 20 years, and we reacquainted, and we dated, and we got married. Before this happened, those four years between that, between my second divorce and meeting Natalie, I waited a little bit, and I went out on, and I dated. And it was, indeed, Match.com and eHarmony. Uh-huh. And this was 2010, 2009, 10, and 11 before we were so involved to the degree we are with social media, but texting had hit. And texting was the big thing. And women wanted to be texted and opposed to called and all this stuff. So I had a rule. When I went to meet a prospective suitor, date, whatever it was, usually I would do it at a bar, you know, at a nice bar, at, at the bar. Mm-hmm. And then if there's gonna be dinner, we would have dinner. But I would walk in there, turn my phone off in front of them casually, not making a big thing about it, and I'd turn my phone over. I turned it off, didn't put it in my suit jacket, turned it off first. And then how they reacted with their own phone or they questioned that or how they handled their business in that first 30 minutes was going to determine no matter how stunning she might have been or was whatever. The point was in that moment, if they put that phone above being with me in that time period, I was done. I wouldn't leave immediately, but I would, I was not going to pursue that. That was my litmus test because I was so infuriated by how texting was taking over the phone call. Now, I couldn't have envisioned how it is today. Ten years ago, I couldn't envision how ridiculous it is today. But texting was the thing where a lot of women, maybe out of fear, anxiety, didn't want the phone call. They really wanted to be written to in that capacity. If I had to go back out today, I I think I probably should just become a priest and just go off and just because I'd be done. (laughs) Well, but I, 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 I couldn't do it. I couldn't so, do it. So that's kudos for you because you put forth what was important to you. Absolutely. And what you were looking for in somebody I always else. kind of demand, subtly demanded it, you know. But I, you don't compromise on, on, on this. You compromise once you have a relationship going. And listen, you know, the phone, again, we both understand as we're talking about it. There's a time and a place and emergencies mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. But again, I think if we're given the opportunity to do a first date, why wouldn't you bring your aunt with you? You know, bring all of you, mm-hmm. you your whole being to this date. Um, oftentimes I think, and hearing it, because then after on with dinner for two, yeah. we like to communicate. We like to know how it went, when it went, what you're thinking, well, sure. what you're not thinking, you know, sure. because it all comes to fruition. And, you know, quite often people pick the, the best of things or the worst of things. Uh-huh. Um, to me, the worst of things is when you're judging somebody by their looks. Mm-hmm. Um, looks. It's a very male thing to do. I think it's just as much. <laughs> I can only speak from the male side of the perspective. Well, but, I can tell you, you know, females. I'm sure it's both yeah, ways. Yeah, I mean, I think that 
you're shortchanging it. And especially Certainly. when you're, go- you're going in there and, you know, I-, I can't tell you how many times I've I've heard, you know, I, I would never deal with some, d- date somebody with bad oral hygiene or dentures or, you know, I'm thinking to myself, uh, do you want me to hop in their mouth and like, can I, <laughs> can I wiggle your, your, your teeth? I mean, That's great. you know, or uh, the, the height, the weight, uh-huh. the bald, the too much hair. I mean, right. Right. This is what you're wrapped up on. I mm-hmm. said I would. I, my thing was I would never. It wasn't in my thing. I didn't like facial hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go figure, right? I mean, you know what I mean. It, it's you got to go. You just can't do certain things. But I say that's kudos for you because you put it up there. But I think you have to be. It didn't um, go over well all the time. You know, it didn't it, go over well all the time. Yeah, because you put it put it on a, on a time scale. You know, it could have been a bad day. Could have been mm. a work day. It mm. could have been a this. It could have been that. Yes, yeah, so I was a little bit narrow, and I think my little myop, myopic in my insistence on that. But I remember being. I also thought to myself too that, you know, there's a time component here. I have to, you know, I only have a certain amount of time, and I don't want to get too deeply involved or attached to somebody real quick, and then, you know, if someone is not. If someone's going to conduct their right. their communication with me in a way that, that isn't congruent with me. Does that make right. any sense? I didn't want to. I don't know. It, I, I thought it was fairer to both both people if we just discontinued it if it's not going to work right away. Yeah. How, how disingenuous would it be for me to continue to go forward with it? But you'd often find a lot of times people hang on to something rather than have nothing. Like the word desperation comes to mind. I I you know I define that as I I that was never me, but mm-hmm. I. I mean, I can understand it, and that's why people will hold on to marriages, or they, you know, they have the something instead of having the nothing. And so, okay, how does that equate in reality for them? Hmm, that's a good one. Is there a pot for every kettle? There's a lid for every pot. What am I saying? Pop lid, yeah, lid. There's a lid for you got, every pot. You got pot. me all discombobulated here. There's man. a lid for a every lid, pot. Is there a lid for every pot? Absolutely. Oh, you believe that? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Okay. Huh. Well, you, I mean, I think you probably fundamentally would have to in the business you're in, right? I mean. You know, it's all, it's, listen, if you think you found the perfect person, why well, just go for it. You know, if you yeah. keep, if you want to keep trying, there's there's definitely listen. There's people that will remain in non relationships their entire life. That's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I hear that. You know, different multitude of reasons why people marry, why they don't marry. This that. Right. You know, right. at the end of the day, who do you have to be happy happy with? Yourself. Bingo. You have to live with yourself. Bingo. Mm-hmm. So I I, I'm not here, but for those that are looking for this, I mean, you know, I I remember I walked into a Panera. Am I allowed to say Panera? Sure, Panera. You want. And uh, I, I met some woman who had joined. It was back then. Was dinner for eight, and she gave me a legal pad. I think I quit after the eight pages <laughs> I went through. And I'm like, "Are you for real? What makes you think when you serve this up like this? No, nothing." Yeah. And and yeah. and as my husband always said to me, the hardest thing to do in business is tell the customer they're not right, right. you know, they're wrong. Oh yeah. And yeah. I said, you know, you're gonna put that out there. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Well, your dynamic between customer, um, the theory, theory of customer, and who you're trying to help, it's a, it's a fine line to walk because you have to be real. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and and if you can write all that, 
I'm glad because you wrote it. I'm glad you took the time to write it because it gave me the time to realize you're not going to be right for the program. You ordered a pizza here. This, yeah, is, exactly, like, this is exactly what no, I want. I don't need everything you've been through and what somebody can and can't do. And, you know, because you're not perfect. Yeah, well, none of us are. And I, and I think it was it was humbling for me to go through those dates. And I met a wonderful amount of people. Some of them are still friends of mine. I mean, they really, I, out of one or two, three dates, I, I, made some, I, I made some great friends out of it, too. It wasn't the contentious thing. There's some weird stories involved in the oh, cloud is going to people. People, are, people are, you, you put 100 people in a room, you're going to find some interesting people. Right. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's when, life. But, but when you find yourself in that opportunity you know how to market yourself in that situation and that is the and that's i'm so glad you said that because i said that one time to somebody and they were very offended marketing myself this isn't a business i said well the way i look at it is that if you're single and trying to find a mate and that's part of what you want to do with your lifestyle you better learn how to present yourself in the best way possible. That is authentic. Right. And I say to somebody now, when you go out for a dinner for two, it's so if it doesn't click, okay, market yourself. Make the best that you can. This person you just sat with may not be your next husband, right. boyfriend, fiance. I, I, go down the list. But he has and knows people, his, his friends, his coworkers, mm -hmm. his neighbors, his relatives. I said... That's another platform for you. And it's very hard. You know, again, it's marketing yourself. It, that's what it is. You know, mm -hmm. promote yourself to the best because you just never know when this is going to happen. And listen, I was, there's, a, there's a, a reason for why you're there. Do what you can do. Have fun. Right. Eat dinner. Walk away and say, you know what? I made a nice friend. Yeah. What's when wrong that, with that? When that night comes and you just want to go grab a pizza and you don't have anybody, call. You know, you never know. Mm -hmm. And yet people are so defined for it's right or it's wrong. And I'm like, well, that, that immediacy, right? Facial hair, you know? <laughs> it's just not going to happen. I don't like it, but I love it on him. Right. I think immediate gratification, right? We have to have what we want when we want it and now. Yeah. Well, the expectation part of it. And like you said, you don't go out with the expectations of meeting a great friend uh -huh. or developing a good friendship. Good point. Good Unfortunately, point. maybe when you're younger, you do. Our daughters in college, I said, you're going to be, these are going to be your lifelong friends now who you, who you, you meet. So maybe at that age, yeah, you are looking for friendship. But sure. When you get older. That's a very good point. Good stuff there. I taught you well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you taught me well today, too. Well, I'm glad. This is awesome. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And I, I'd like to come back, please. Uh, yeah. Would we'll you come see. back? Okay. I just might. <laughs> it's been fun. Thank you, Nan. I appreciate it. And thank you for your wonderful husband filling in when you and I had those little, you know, little gaps there. Yeah, he kind of like does that. You should catch him on the ride to the station, you know. Yeah, our, our morning Facebook Live. Um, he's getting a real fan following over there. It's all and, about Mel. Had nothing wrong with that, uh, Mel. Right. And before we leave, how can they reach you? All the ways they can reach you. DivorceRealityExpert.com. Always. And it's uh, Dinner for Two. Dinner for Two, the number two, PGH.com. All right. Until next time. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We are out. Tips above the water. You watch me drown. You could have saved me, but you let me down. Yeah.